Support for 100 Watts in a Wire is provided by BioNO Power. If you're looking for a power solution, check out BioNO Power, offering the best performance lithium phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com. That's B I O E N N O P O W E R.com. Or contact dealers nationwide. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. An LDG desktop tuner works automatically with nearly any station up to 1,000 watts. LDG Zero Power Tuners are ideal for portable or mobile use, as they consume almost no current and can be powered by internal batteries that last up to a year. LDG tuners are backed by our two-year fully transferable warranty and our legendary customer service the best in the industry. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Well, well, hello and welcome and good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. We know we have listeners and viewers that are across uh, the country and the world, so it's good to be with you. Uh, my name is Christian. My call sign's Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. And if you're new, drop new in the chat. We'd like to meet you. A very friendly bunch of uh, hams and such in there. And you know what? I got to tell you, I was not expecting this at all today. I was thinking to myself, who in the because it must be four in the morning local time on his vacation. It's five right now. Oh, it's five. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, but I was up at four, so. There's Steve, W7UDI, uh, for our viewers and our listeners. He is vacationing in Hawaii. He is in paradise, but has decided he was going to cut. And I thought, you know, Paul jumped in first today. And I thought, you know, it's not traditional. Like, you know, we connect early and we just, we talk about everybody in the ham world badly. And we're just like, that one sucks too. <laughs> and it's just a constant... <laughs> No, it's not that bad. But the point is, early we we connect, not and then that I good either. No, it's just you. No, no. Like there was, it was almost a no. But Paul connected, and I thought, wow, you know. And I talked to him about it. I was like, I don't think we're gonna. I don't know, man. It's awfully early. But five's a lot different than four. But thank you anyway for coming by. How's You're it welcome. going? Yeah, but I'm. It's going great. A little too much hula pie last night, so I kind of passed out on the beach. But hey, hey, it is what it it's is. Vacation. But, uh, you, your wife knew where you were. <laughs> <laughs> they put a ropes around me and just kind of kept the the crowds away and just yeah. let them sleep it off. It's stanching him off. <laughs> too much alcohol. No pie. No too hula much, pie. <laughs> too much pie. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, like what your next home brew is. We'll talk about that as we go through the show a little bit. And of course, I had one of these things another day. It's been raining here, and any little bit of storm or anything like that will bring down something, a limb, whatever. And of course, 160 did it to me again. Let me uh, let me play you a quick video here that I did, and I posted it up. Uh, on the uh, 100 Watts in a Wire YouTube channel. Friends at home, you can just listen along. This is a traditional type of walk and talk, and if she plays, we're in good shape. Hang in there. Let's see. Well, here we go again. Hey, friends. It's a walk and talk mandatory because I just did a check because we've had some storms come by, 
and through and it's always good when you're doing business in the trees uh, man it's gonna be buggy I'm gonna cover up here a little bit more because I need to go deeper into the woods and I'm checking out um, my antennas is a 20 meter antenna here above us and from time to time it's on my list to do a regular check effing bug you're gonna hear some curses here because bugs here in this part of Missouri are a bit intense. You guys can't see this, but I'm looking up there. It's an 80 meter uh, double bazooka. There's also a 40 meter up here that you guys probably cannot see. Everything looks okay in this range, but I tested the SWR on, you guessed it, 160, and she's out. Something's up. Consistently three point something something whatever SWR And it's so wet and saturated here that I probably should have dressed better better boots uh, Still on beach time though, I guess All right, so coming out here we're looking specifically 80 meters is okay. I see it already. I see ah It's got bitten on my head by that some of my I'm trying not to curse but it's thick thick and heavy down here All right let me move I can see it already 160 has a leg down <sighs> oh guys the bugs so tomorrow or today as we're watching this on the whenever you'll see the show you'll see a nice welt on my forehead lovely but I can't let moments like this pass by I'm going to curse. You're going to have to deal with it. And here it is. Here's that end again. And uh, you hear me? Uh, it's not breathing hard per se. It's blowing these MFers. I'm looking for the end. You guys probably can't see it. Uh, but I am searching for the end of this. Something pulled it. And here it is. It could have been a tree. You've seen this video before. <laughs> I'm trying not to curse, but if this is a quick repair, I can do it. I can't tell, though, in the line here what, what snapped this free, how much of it. But I can tell you uh, I'm going to have a nice bump. Damn. Vultures are like uh, vampires. I'm going to put you down just to let you know I came out here with some uh, strange readings. And this is the reason why it is pulled down in a storm. And, you know, part of this has me thinking, just give up on 160. I mean, how many contacts do you make a year? And it's like, I'm torn between I got to have it and the challenge of it. It's just sort of a pain. If you listen closely, you'll hear them buzzing by my head. All right, before I've, I've given up too much blood, I will uh, say 73 for now, but I'm going to go try to fix this end real quick, and hopefully it didn't make too much of a difference in the way this antenna is tuned. But 160 did me dirty again, at least uh, the trees and these. But I'm blowing mosquitoes off of me. 73, guys. Now, Steve, <laughs> in, in your time... I mean, I hate I hate mosquitoes. It's the worst part of the uh, the summer for me is the the mosquitoes, and we we've oh, yeah. done quite well. And then all of a sudden, all this rain, and they can be born in like a teaspoon of water, if that even. It doesn't take much. 
and they just go nuts. <clears throat> Can you tell me, has there ever been a moment in your ham radio life where you just wanted to give that up? Like, not the whole hobby, but like that antenna or that thought. I mean, 160, we've been running together for a long time, me and you. I've had more 160 problems than any other thing, you know? Oh, yeah. Have you it's had the a biggest time antenna. Where you oh, just yeah. want to just, oh, I, you know, take it down, like forget about it. This is nuts. Yeah, I, I've run into that before. And uh, where it's just like, ah, oh, this is just not working out. I'm spending more time, you know, keeping it up and going than, uh, than it's worth. But usually I just kind of regroup and uh, do something different. So uh, don't give up on her. She's needy. She wants you. She needs the attention. Oh, That's the problem. No, it's she's just she wants the attention. She's, it's a fickle it's, mistress to have it. You know, it's mm -hmm. a curse. It, it, it's like a curse and a blessing at the same time. Uh -huh. I mean, you can exactly. see what I'm dealing with. And it had been a lot of rain, and it, there is space, and I've done some clearing, and I've can, I can do it. But every time, it's just like, ah. Uh, well, the only other option then. you have is in the summertime, just bring the antenna down and then just put it back up every fall, and come spring, take it down. So it seems to, you do better, you know, making it through the winter. So we have options, lots yeah. of options. I'm, I'm hoping just the deadwood would all just fall down, you know, like come down already. Just come down one good time. One good time it, and just, be over and done with. It doesn't take much. Nope. And I, I have to say the insulators on that, on the ends of that, they're sort of, I wish uh -huh. I had one to show you, but they're about this big. And uh, they will give way. Like they hold fine. They hold the tension. But if uh -huh. there's any sort of pressure, they sort of pull through. And you would think oh, that's okay. a terrible thing, but it's not like the, it won't just pull through. But if it takes any sort of trauma, it sort of wants to take it from that point out. And that way you're not right. cut, cut in half. So right. I don't know if it's good or bad, but I, I get to the point where I'm like, you know what? And I did it with uh, the hex beam of a couple of years mm -hmm. ago. I'm like, what a pain. I'm trying to get it higher. <laughs> then it's like this galvanized pipe is so heavy. You know, and then uh -huh. you're out there the whole time. Smack, 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 <laughs> yep. So I don't know. I want to hang in there because I want to have it, you know, and I turned it on today just in yeah. spite, just to, just to hear these guys talk about nothing, which is normally, you know, it was like they were on 1906. What they talk about. Yeah, it was like nothing. Yeah, you're, like, you're talking about nothing. And I'm like, all the work that I go through and there's nothing even to so, listen to. So the question is, because in the video it didn't show, did you get it repaired? I did. I did. I had to put it down. I needed two hands uh -huh. because it was one of these things. I have the window weights. I have to kind of take those off uh -huh. the, the rope uh, right. because they won't meet together. You know, I just couldn't put the right. wire to the rope. I needed two hands and I had to take off the weights. But yeah, it was easy. Splice it. I'm good. I think what I need to do is add probably another eight, maybe eight inches to a foot of wire because over the time, each time it does take a little bit. When it does give up at the insulator, it does ah. give up a little. And this, ha this has happened for, you know, oh. But anyway, I got frustrated again. I'm like, and I'll check it after a storm, and I'll go through my SWR in here in the shack. And, I, and of course, uh -huh. I, I wait to get to 160. It's the last spot on the switcher. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, here we go. And like, oh, 3.6. And I'll go down the to a different frequency, and it'll be 3 point whatever. And I'm like, it's either a connector or an end is down. And sure enough. Mm -hmm. It's well, usually an end down. I just wanted to know that I'm in a normal place 
with it. You are. You know, oh yeah. Oh, you the, are. The spo- oh, oh, we got it. We got it. Uh, as, to, to as, the IT department. As of Hold normal on. we are. It yeah. comes the IT. It comes IT. Go ahead, yeah, Paul. Yeah, you're, you're, you're. Yeah, we we all are at that place. I've, I'm still fighting and uh, that that uh, quadrifiler helix for two meters for the satellite stuff, and I brought it with me to field day. Because I knew one of our one of our uh, club members, the one who helped set most of it up, was going to have his high end, um, you know, analyzer with him, uh, network analyzer, and we put it on. And from what we can tell, based on the plans, and I built it exactly according to the plans in QST, that thing is is a like a perfect one point one to one or one point. It's like one point oh to one at 140 megahertz so i don't i don't know that's that's why it's not working and it's like i built it and we triple check my measurements they are exactly the way it is in the in the magazine so i I, it's like it it's like the the dimensions in the magazine are for wefax and not for two meters so i'm gonna have to take it all apart and 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 shorten the tube and shorten all four elements and try to get it resonant up in a 146 so we'll but see does it sound like his situation may be like what's around the antenna that's affecting it so much do you think no i, I mean it's just you can check it again <laughs> at home there and uh, well we had it we had it, it out in in the open and the uh, open we so had you had an animal yeah yeah so it's, it and sounds it was, like either the dimensions got uh you know transcribed or you know just in yeah, the, I, the wrong dimensions got in there, and it just hey, it is what I, it I, is. And unfortunately, yeah. it's like oh man, <laughs> it's like so I got to shorten everything up and try it again. And we'll see. Yeah, it's a bummer. Well, you should be able to do that fairly, fairly simply. I mean, they're, they're just uh, half wave elements, so you can. Uh, yeah. And typically, you know, your driven elements, you know, uh, going to be yeah. Your it's, it's a combination of, of it's a combination of the two spiral elements and the two crossbars. So I just got to mm-hmm. take you know like an inch or so off of whatever you know, and and then try it all again and see what happens. So I'm I'm about to just say on satellites and just forget it. No, 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 no. Keep it, keep at it. So basically, I would say take uh, maybe a quarter inch at a at, and see. <clears throat> Take a little bit and then see what it does, and then it yeah. should start moving up in frequency. And then once you kind of got it, because you got all those elements that are going to interact from with each other. So uh, yep. I'm thinking if you just kind of go a quarter inch at a time, and uh, you know you, and then it yeah. should kind of start to fall into place. Yeah, the, trim a, the trim only... a piece off each one and redrill the holes, and then measure it the, again, and then yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So. See what what happens yeah. when when these guys that have got forty uh, years plus in the game, yeah. my mind just turns to this. It's just. <laughs> mm-hmm. No comprende. Oh I, I have no idea. Like take it out an inch, put it in an inch, pull it out a little bit. <laughs> I'm so confused and conflicted about it all. Oh lord. Well, Christian, <clears throat> Christian, this is how it is. If an antenna resonates too low. That means that it's too long for the frequency you want to use it on. Never heard it. Never heard it. Yeah, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm just trying to turn it into sick innuendo, but. Oh, yeah. No, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's where my <laughs> mind goes. It's just like well, I, yeah, I, well, I we, turn we, into the worst porn movie in the, in the city. We, yeah, we went through all the sick innuendo <laughs> earlier in the green room, so I don't know. 
Put it in. Yeah. <laughs> Take it, it out. out. <laughs> Move it around. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I got a lot of problems. Shake it all about. Got a lot of problems. Steve-O, let's take a look at, uh, you know, I, I'm getting mm-hmm. to the point now where I'm going to, even with 160 giving me such a hard time, uh, and I start thinking about, you know, what would I, what else would you do? You know, so what mm-hmm. else would you do in that spot? And it would still be tricky, whatever I put up there, because it's wire. It's more about the location than, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. and then all the real estate that you need for 160. So yeah, I asked our community on on facebook sorry go ahead steve <clears throat> oh yeah that's that's the advantage you have and a lot of people are uh envious of you for having all that real estate to put up a full size uh i know i sound know. like i'm complaining i i yeah i know i'm uh, you are it's but too it's too okay. much but you know it's just that <laughs> it shows you even though you have some space to do it this is how i have mm-hmm. to do it with the space that i have and it's it's tricky i you know yeah. it's frustrating that's all so uh, some uh, just kind of seeing what people were thinking about, you know, in terms of what their answers were. I put this post up to see what other people were thinking about, you know, 80 meter NVIS mm-hmm. for our listeners at home. We'll read off some of these uh, answers to you. And Steve, if anything sparks like, uh, you know, what I've been thinking about is a little, and we'll go to the people for sure. But you and I talked about building a ZEP antenna. Uh-huh. You know, we're thinking about maybe building a, a, a ZEP. And I think maybe yep. that made an appearance here. But here's what you guys are saying. Chris says 40-meter uh, NFED. Here we have that NFED again, which we mm-hmm. talked about a, a few shows back about being a really popular now type of antenna, whether it's the portable operations that are getting people really inspired to take them out. You can put these in your, in your glove box. So so there's mm-hmm. a 40-meter NFED there. What is a 6-meter squallow? What, what's that? Do you know what that is? That's a uh, six-meter loop. I think it's the the uh, just a horizontal loop. I see. Squallow. I mean, I've just I I haven't heard it in that term, but the delta loop, nice, very nice. That's gonna. I've thought about doing a delta loop just to try it out, but I haven't gotten around to that. The moxon, that's cool. And um, yeah, speaking about the NFEDs, uh, Don uh, is uh, uh, experimenting with having two of them. You know, from his, uh, I think, third-story window or somewhere up on okay. the upper floors from the uh, from the house, and then having them go out in in different angles, uh, and then switching between the two. And the, we kind of was talking about a little bit on uh, Discord. So if any any of you haven't joined us in the Discord group, come and join us uh, in the 100 Watts and the Wire Discord group. But we, uh, you know, I kind of was thinking if you kind of got it at a you know, at least a 45 degree angle, try to reduce some of the, uh, the interaction between the, the two end feds, but you know, not, uh, kind of an interesting experiment that he's doing. And, uh, on the higher bands, you know, you kind of, you radiate off at a 45 degree angle, um, uh, off your end fed wires. So having a couple of them in there and switching between the two kind of gives you, you know, switch between the two until you get the best signal that you're here in the station and hopefully it, wor- it will work in the uh, transmit direction. So right. yeah, the NFEDS wires are just super popular yeah. right now. We're gonna come back and take a look at more of these. We're gonna get to our news in just a little mm-hmm. bit. There's a big uh, plaque ceremony going on here. It's a plaque event uh, with Parks on the Air. Here's a member of our community to tell us about it. Hi. 
Hi, you've got fans here. Uh, November 3, Victor Echo Mike, 100 Watson and Wire ID 1138. I'm actually just putting the finishing touches on a little QRP BidX project that I've been working on for a while uh, because there's a big event coming up for Parks on the Air that I want to make sure I share with everybody. Alright, we've actually got a whole bunch of parks uh, on the air right now. So before we talk about the plaque event, uh, let's maybe jump in and, uh, and show you how easy this can be. November 3, Victor Echo Mike. QSL, this is November 3, Victor Echo Mike. You good 5-7 uh, here in Central PA. Okay, thank you for the 5-8. July 17th and 18th during our Support Your Parks event, we will likely have oh, hundreds of, of folks on the air. Last year's event, we had 100 and some odd operators. There was 20,000 contacts made to a couple hundred different parks. Uh, we had participation from, from several different countries. So we've got parks in the U.S., we've got parks in the U.K., there's parks in Japan, all over the world. Uh, so we hope to see as many people participating that weekend as we can. Um, and in addition to just having a lot of fun, there's there's some cool stuff up for grabs. So so let me show you uh, here the website before I, before I sign off. Um, if you go to uh, parksontheair.com, and check out our dashboard and go to our uh, activity and annual plaque event. You'll be able to see the list of parks that are up for grabs, the categories. There's, um, you know, most contacts for activators and hunters. Um, there's the same things by modes, so CW, voice, digital. Um, we have a Rover Award, so if you're going to chase down a KN4MQR, who was last year's winner of that event, he managed to do, I think it was 52 parks in one weekend. So, so that's kind of the, uh, the, the bar that has been set if you want to go for that one. Uh, and if you have a club, if there's a group of you that want to get out there, we do have a, a club plaque that's getting sponsored by N9UNX. So, so we really encourage everybody to participate. And, uh, and I hope to hear you on the air July 17th and 18th uh, chasing down some of these plaques or just getting out and having fun like me with, with some of your gear. 73! From wireless to Wi-Fi, this is 100 watts and a wire. If you're looking for a new way to become involved with the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com and click the EMI tab. EMI is short for Emergency Information. You can join the Emergency Information team and help us gather news, information, and resources during live emergency situations. Now, during live streams, a show producer may contact you or other members of the team to offer perspective, personal experience in emergency communications, and firsthand reports. If you're into preparedness, weather events, disaster response, consider joining this team. Visit 100wattsandawire.com, click the EMI team tab, and we'll get you on the list. 7-3 and back to the show. In a land where we're all 20 over, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. program where I bring in my friends 
from Amateur Radio Newsline, we get together and we discuss two stories. And you may find one that you did hear from today or this week, and maybe one that you did not. Uh-oh. You're not supposed to be in here. <laughs> wow. What, what looks is he different. doing here? Karen, no. Karen, no. Okay. Oh, there we go. I thought you took her wig off. Sorry. Sometimes <laughs> we... We have problems. Oh, now, now she's yelling at me, but the, I'll keep her on mute until the end. This is bizarre. <laughs> this is bizarre. Until she stops. I think you've muted yourself, dear. We, I'll sit here and, and, and awkwardly talk to Paul, but I think that you've muted yourself on your end there. No? Well, how could All that be? All then. I cannot unmute this lady. You muted the guest, and then... I'm trying to unmute her. We may have to start with you, Paulie. I don't know what's going on here today, but uh, I'm saying that I got I got nothing. Well, let's have her. Uh, she'll call back in here. We'll get her back in. Let's start with your story, shall we? Um, and is there anything more that you'd like to do in home brewing situations, Paul? Is there anything else that you're kind of tinkering with? Well, as far as antennas, not... Not really, because I mean, you know I live in a condo, so I'm I'm really limited um, to you know, like the verticals I got in my courtyard and the one that's up back. And I I would love to be able to throw up wire for 80 and 160, but that's just not possible. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of at the point where I, I've pushed the limits to what the neighbors will uh, not complain about. So I can't really go any further with antennas. So. Uh, I am going to build a switching matrix, though. So uh, I'm, I've been collecting cool. antenna switches so that I can I can have uh, you know the two HF antennas switchable between three radios and a dummy load. So that's kind of the next big project. But other than that, I you know I've got all the radios I need for right now. I know, I know, we don't <laughs> ever say that, but uh, you know I am limited to what I can do here in the condo. So understood. Uh, Karen's here. Karen, we talked about home brewing. I know that you uh, mm -hmm. hinted at me in the Discord that you may be potentially settling on a portable. Does that mean you would build an antenna for it? Maybe a homebrew situation? Any thoughts in mind with that topic? Uh, am I unmuted? Yeah, I can hear you fine oh, now. Good. We, we oh, fixed cool. it. Okay. That's me and you. Yay, we fixed I don't know how we fixed it. Um, this would not be a homebrew. Uh, I'm short on time and pro and probably patience with myself. <laughs> My problem with homebrew is uh, once I make a mistake, it goes in the garbage, which is not the ham radio way. I, I get frustrated pretty easily. So I will probably go with something super, super simple, um, which I can set up even if I'm operating on my own in, a, in an outdoor situation. And that would be likely nobody laugh, please. A buddy poll. That's probably what I'll go with. Oh, that's a great probably antenna. the smartest. It's multiband. It'll it'll get me on the air. Um, then I'll first look for a, a rig. I have a little one watt um, soft rock RX TX that I could use just for starters, but uh, I'm looking for something a little more robust for down the line yeah. but it'll be good I, I will be outdoors this year at long last after waiting uh too many years to to make it happen i know you so wanted I'm to do it happy about that mm -hmm. yep happy about that glad well, that's finally going to be a reality 
Well, this is the portion of a program where we gather two stories, and my friends from Amateur Radio Newsline come together with me. We sort things out. We go through a story that is usually sort of top deck, top tier, or in your A category, if you're doing some news gathering and that sort of deal, and then a story you may not have heard or didn't get to hear about this week. Karen, let's start with you. Uh, What did you find this week that we need to talk about? We need to talk about the fact that Morse code is here to stay. Uh, Despite rumors of its uh, premature death, Morse code is still happening. And it's happening at a very slow speed. This is an event for people like me. This is the first anniversary of the slow Morse code. I see what you're doing here. Yes, little little sound effect here. It begins today. They're celebrating, and they will be on the air through the 25th. Uh, they gathered about a year ago on Facebook. There are 2,000 members around the world, even though uh, this group is really based in Europe, more or less. Anybody can join. And they are doing uh, code right up through the 25th to mark the anniversary. There is a commemorative card. Uh, Believe it or not, for whatever reason, I I didn't get a chance to ask anybody, uh, the TM1 SMC operator will be doing some sideband, which (laughs) seems a little counterintuitive, but maybe they're trying to hook some sideband folks into studying CW, uh, trying to be a little bit inclusive, which I think is very, very cool. Uh, There are apparently four operators who are doing this. with a little luck maybe I can hop across the pond with my hundred watts and get in the game in the uh, in the granny lane and and get myself one of those nice QSL cards so that is a nice thing Uh, there are of course Morse code clubs everywhere we know that but this I particularly uh, felt was newsworthy because it welcomes the folks who are late to the party and are learning and are really, really slow. Well, bless their hearts for having patience with the folks that are just starting out. I mean, it's really important, and I think mm-hmm. in this community, you find that more. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I'll, I'll work you, we'll just go down and find a frequency and kind of work at your own pace. I've talked about on the show, and I know you've studied uh, the code. I studied it, got 13 letters in, and I had been studying it the wrong way, and I need to kind of go back. I had this vision, Karen, that I would learn the code as my children learn the alphabet. Now, mm-hmm. little did I know that children learn the alphabet real fast. Uh, so I ended up getting 13 letters in. I knew how to send and didn't know how to copy. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute, dummy. You've done it the wrong way. And since then, life has kind of gotten in the way, and... And I have not, I put it down, but I, I really do. I'm kind of fascinated by the code and it's something I want to do. It's just, I'm not quite there. How did you uh, get over the hurdle? Okay. First of all, you can do this. You will do this. I, I have absolute faith. Well, I changed strategies. Uh, first thing I did, uh, the Long Island CW Club has great classes and I took uh, a lot of classes with them, and of course, I did what a lot of people do. I used the the uh, the trainers, the automatic code generators. I listened to the AWRL uh, code, all of that, 
And that was fine. These are random letters and numbers that you pick up and you learn to copy, but it didn't get me on the air. So that's when I switched gears. Now I'm doing uh, K1USN. Okay. I'm doing the, uh, the Sunday night event. I feel like it's okay to learn how to copy computer-generated code, but that's not having a conversation. That's perfect code. Nobody, except maybe three people on the planet, probably ex-military can send perfect code. I want to talk to real people and they will slow down. The right ones will slow down and have patience. And so now my new strategy is simply to copy real people and learn from real people and learn about spacing and the duration of uh, the dits and the daws. And that's really helping me more in copying than working with computer-generated trainers. So I have faith. I may not ever get super fast, but I don't talk fast, so why should I send code fast? I mean, it's, it's not a race. It's fun. Right. So I'll, I'll hang in there. I think you'll, I think you'll do fine. We'll, we'll be doing a 100 watts in a wire CW challenge in a year. Can't I wait to this. retune all of my Commit antennas. To that. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what do you think? I, I, it's that's great. I mean, back when I uh, got licensed, which was 1977, uh, code was still a requirement, and uh, I, I I learned and passed the the novice code, which uh, if I remember correctly was five words a minute. Um, but then I I you know I really studied because you want know, for my general I had to do 13. Um, when I went to the FCC field office for the test, I actually passed the 21 word a minute extra code. Um, I just wasn't ready for the theory, but so that, I mean that at one point in time, I could do that. And uh, as you mentioned, when you're younger, that stuff comes much, much easier to you. Um, but I mean, I can remember most of it to send and some to receive, and it, it actually came in handy during the uh, 13 colonies thing, because I was struggling like everybody else to get the TM 13, the French station. Um, and it seemed to me like on the spotting uh, site, he was down in the CW portion like 90% of the time. And it's like, well, that's never going to help me. And finally, I just said, you know what? Let's let's try it. So um, I found him down there and it, it signaled and I, I cheated. I used the software to decode because my brain isn't there yet to listen. But um, he finally came up high enough above the noise where, you know, the software would pick him up and started decoding. And I saw him and he, he called uh, QRZ. So I, I grabbed the paddle. I've, I've always had a paddle hooked up to my, uh, my radio. It's my original Brown Brothers BTLA, for those of you who know old paddles. And I reached over and I grabbed it and I dropped my call in and I watched on the screen and, and he came back to me. I'm like, oh, crap. So, so I remember enough to, to come back with my call and send 5NN, 5NN, and then um, he came back and he, he said 5NN and then TU, which is thank you. And I'm like, oh, my God, I, I just got it. <laughs> and I got it yeah. using CW, kind of. Yes. So it's like, well, and I've noticed a lot of those stations during that contest were spending a lot of time down on CW. So it's like I guess I need to try to wake my tired old brain up and try to remember how to do that better. 
because the software it's cool but it doesn't work a lot if unless you've got a real strong signal because it's not it's not like you know ft7 or ft8 or ft4 where it can pick the cw way out of the noise i mean if it's not a clear strong signal it doesn't do it so that's where your brain has got to come in and you got to mentally filter out the noise so karen he gets credit for just trying right we always give him credit for trying he mm-hmm. has a lot of participation trophies. Mm-hmm. I'm so very trying. The You're the last winner, <laughs> Paul. Just kidding. Just kidding. He showed so, up. I mean, hey, he shows up. No, I think it, for real, though, on the serious, the serious tip, I think he gets credit for mm-hmm. actually uh, for taking the chance and, and making it happen, trying to make it happen. It's very intimidating. Uh, honestly, yeah, honestly, it's more more than I did. I I was in the 13 colonies, and I did listen because in the final half hour, there were moments of nail-biting desperation for me. Uh, there was language you might have heard in the woods by your antennas mm-hmm. because I was trying to get these stations, and I went down to CW, and it just, I was intimidated. So I don't get the participation trophy. I think it's very cool when you just jump in with both feet and you say, so what? They can't see my face. (laughs) If I can't get it, Mm -hmm. they're not going to know how humiliated I am. I'll at least try. I, yeah, I was just, it's like, Mm -hmm. this is not a great CW contact, but um, I, I, I heard enough and the screen verified what I was hearing. That's like, he, he, came back with my call and my signal and i'm like all right that's it let me send it Mm -hmm. back and see if he hears me Mm -hmm. and it's like okay that's the first time in 35 years that i've used cw so uh you know there's some rust to remove i mean i can still send reasonably well but there's there's Mm -hmm. characters I, i don't remember off the top of my head so all right let's uh let's oh go ahead did you have something karen i was I was going to say, yeah, the, the biggest, I found the biggest and most useful character to send is the question mark. I'm very good at sending that. <laughs> if you don't understand it, just send it. And then Q, huh? no QRS and the question, huh? you know, if they will, people can be very, very patient. If they are not going to be patient, you don't want them in your log. Got it. That's all. Wise words. Paul, story number two. We've got an interesting story about an event that just wrapped up. And uh, tell us more. Story number two, funny you mentioned wrapped up, um, is the the Youth on the Air Region 2 Yoda Camp, which just uh, was supposed to happen last year and because of COVID didn't. And uh, they just wrapped it up. Um, Neil Rapp our own WB9VPG was one of the main coordinators of the event. I'm wearing my, uh, uh, it's weird when I stare at the screen and everything's backwards. Um, I'm wearing my VOA shirt because uh, a big part of it was held at the VOA museum in uh, just outside of Cincinnati, uh, which uh, we, the Newsline crew have uh, been to several times uh, uh, during Xenia weekend. And, uh, it was an amazing thing. I mean, the, the, the whole, um, they didn't want it to be an event run by adults to just teach the kids because that's not the way to get the kids involved and engaged. The way to do it is you have the adults there to supervise and kind of guide things, but the kids set up the programs, the, the, the kids ran the programs, they did all the, you know, all the, the lecturing and, and everything was 
was you know by the kids and, and for the kids and it was very successful um i watched on youtube they streamed they had a a contact with the iss that had been scheduled ahead of time um now it wasn't done directly from the station there at the voa museum it was relayed through i think somebody in new zealand but that's pretty common for iss contacts yeah. for schools and groups like that so but yeah they 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 asked their questions and and they got the answers back from the astronaut they were speaking to uh, they uh, they launched a balloon that uh, reached over a hundred thousand feet, I believe, and they mm-hmm. tracked it with APRS. Um, so they did a lot of things. They they had kit building and and uh, contesting and operating and and you know talks about various subjects. And uh, they had a great time. And it was uh, it's encouraging to see that many that many young people um, that involved and that engaged in the hobby. I mean, it's, you know, part of with Newsline, part of our deal is a young ham of the year award. And, uh, you know, so we're very much uh, behind all of that. And uh, it was really great to see uh, all these, all these, uh, I don't want to call them kids because some of them are, are like 18. And so, so, I mean, it was, it was great to see all these young people out there really involved in ham radio and actually doing stuff. And uh, I believe photo credit belongs to Sterling, November Zero, Sierra, Sierra, Charlie. And yep. uh, just uh, just excellent. Look at these young minds at it, working, taking care of uh, business there. Uh, and so Sterling, I think this one right here is uh, this one of this is my favorite. Going through your photographs. You just see yeah. the fellows there working and, of course, uh, the image uh, where they're outside. Young minds at work there having fun, working satellites. Working satellites. Yeah, great. that uh, that uh, photo of them at a, at a counter with all the radios. That's at the uh, the club station at the VOA museum, which uh, I've had the you know the the fun of, of operating there uh, a couple of times. The uh, the first time we went there to what to are you laughing at? Karen is laughing. We're, we're, okay, we'll get. We'll, we'll get We'll Let's get there. The first time we went there was the first time uh, it was back in the first time in Xenia. And uh, the first time actually a group of us had ever gotten together in person. And we were invited to come to the museum after Hambenchen shut down. And we went there and we, we toured the museum and the, the Crosley collection and, and all the, the Drake collection. And uh, then then we were invited to operate um, on the, the VOA club station. And so I was on there and I was chugging away and I was working and Karen was over on another radio. She was chugging away and working. I worked her brother <laughs> instead of her. So that, that has become a, uh, a point of contention between mm. us. He ever stole since. my, I think the verb is stole my QSL. It's oh, not like I was calling CQ for Karen's QSL. brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I was calling CQ Karen's brother. He called me, so I'd just like to point that out. Yeah, they're smiling, but seriously, it looks like uh, there's a little bit of contention here. I I should probably move on because this is not the place for your arguments to be It's good that you're in between. Right. Yes, you stay over there and you over here. (laughs) But what a good time for the uh, the kids. And uh, post-COVID, I know this uh, took a lot. A lot to get off the ground and the logistics alone is a story 
uh, that that may not ever come out, but maybe it will come out. It takes a lot to get something like this off the ground, and then a pandemic hits, and then you're uh, all on the ground yeah. again. So a lot of energy, and um, congratulations to the team that put that together and the kids for participating. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a long time in the planning, and, and, you know, we, you know, Neil was going through a lot of it with us, telling us what's all involved, mm-hmm. because it's it's bringing in kids from all over the country and uh, making sure that everything is, is clean and safe and making sure that the kids are chaperoned and, and they're okay. Yeah. And uh, then they all went to uh, Kings Island Amusement Park when it was over just to, to relax and, and, you know, have some fun there, too. So it was it was a great week for them. I mean, it, it was it was a lot of radio and a lot of kids figuring things out on their own for themselves, which is awesome. All right. Well, thank you for that. If you have any comments about that, that program or anything we've talked about today, please leave your comments below and the links and all that sort of stuff are down there for you. My thanks to Karen, Eve Murray, and Paul Brown, my brothers and sister from Amateur Radio Newsline. We'll do it again next week, y'all. We will. 7-3. 7-3. There are many ways to support the content you enjoy. And here is another. Visit 100wattsandawire.com and click the Shop tab. Here you can find all the latest designs from the classic 100 Watts and a Wire logo all the way till today. Men's women, kids and babies, we don't sell any of those. But we have apparel, gear, accessories, wall art, and cases. Visit 100wattsandawire.com, click shop, and support the content you enjoy. And thanks. With you again, and it's time to bring in uh, my brother Don, who's been waiting patiently, because he too is on vacation can you believe everybody uh well it's it's just one of those months where everybody uh gets to uh take some time off and do some stuff how you doing don i'm good how are you my friend hanging in there i'm glad to see you're at the beach we just missed each other we're just probably uh oh maybe a a week and a half apart there i was uh, visiting mom and uh not too uh long ago in lewis delaware you anywhere close to that i'm about 10 miles away so we're in between Lewis and Rehoboth, a little bit inland. Uh, no complaints for me today. Yeah, it's it's one of those states so small. You just go 10 miles and you're in another really cool spot. Uh, I enjoy that, especially in July, 4th of July, first town, kind of first state, that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. Hour 73 is, nice. is a feature that we do where we try to help everyday people become more self-sufficient, self-reliant. And, Don, there's a lot going on. Uh, we've been sharing a lot of stories in uh, the Discord channel, which is new, or server. I don't even know what to call it. It's so new. But uh, friends are gathering there, and it all started as sort of a repository for people who are interested in emergency operations, disaster relief, that sort of thing. And the stories coming out this past week, I mean, we've got fire, we've got floods, we've got heat, we've got... Uh, uh, the floods in Europe, uh, the first time in half a century they've had anything like that there. And we thought we'd talk a little bit about evacuations and how that sort of works. And I think as as things roll out a little bit, there's a narrative developing now about the communication between, say, the authorities and, say, meteorologists to the people of maybe when to get out, when to move. What's your understanding? And I know it may vary depending on where you are. 
but say in the states here as a emergency sort of a, an official in, in your capacity professionally how does evacuations work in your understanding it's a hot mess if you must know so there's a lot of factors uh for one it depends where you are in certain places uh depending on local and state laws your officials can't order an evacuation in some places they can uh, but I think this, what this ultimately boils down to is what are you evacuating from? So when you look at something like a hurricane, you generally have 48, 72 hours, if not a little bit more notice that, hey, this thing's bearing down on you. It might be time to go. Uh, knock on wood, where I am, we don't really worry about this too much. But one of my biggest fears is looking at the folks that are in wildfire country, especially if you look at some of the areas where they have the rolling brownouts, the rolling blackouts, or they have the fires that are started from the power lines. So you're at your cabin or you're in your home in the woods and a fire starts overnight and the power's out because that's a thing on the West Coast. So how are you receiving those alerts? How are you receiving that notification? And not only that, like how in the heck are you getting out? Uh, in some of those places, you know, we love to build as a society in places that are typically tough for first responders to get to. So we're, we're building on the waterfronts, we're building on the edges of cliffs, we're up the mountain. Uh, you know, some of those folks might only have one or two ways out. And if you're not getting the timely notification, how do you get out? So the ones you know that are coming, uh, a little bit easier, right? You know it's coming, you have no excuse to get away. But those ones that happen just like that, uh, you know, sometimes you're along for the ride. Normal citizen, who are you waiting to get the call from? Local television? Is it media? Is it somebody at your door, which seems to be awful late in the game if someone's banging on your door? Who are you waiting to get the word from? Yeah, so not that I don't have faith in our, our local institutions, but uh, I'm going to be a good student. I am going to pay attention to what's going on. And we talked about this in one of the initial podcasts last year or two years ago, whenever it seems like, sometimes it seems like yesterday, sometimes right. it seems like a decade ago. Uh, I'm going to know what my hazards and threats are around my house. So, uh, you know, where I am in Maryland, I'm not too worried about a hurricane. Is it conceivable that one can make it that far up the Chesapeake? Sure. Uh, but where I am, I'm at elevation. I might see some localized surface flooding, but I'm not going to be cut off from the rest of society. Uh, but if I'm somewhere in the southeast or any of the Gulf states, I am certainly going to pay attention to what the weather's doing in the Atlantic. Uh, if I am in the, the Midwest, out to the plains and even you know, West Coast dealing with the wildfires, I am going to look at, you know, what's the weather been like? You know, what sort of droughts are we in? What sort of storms are we predicting? And, and I might be, uh, you know, nose in the news a little bit faster. So if I see something brewing uh, and I know my, my topography, I know my terrain, and I know that if this, whatever this is, gets bad, uh, I might have a limited time to get out. So maybe I'm making that decision a little bit quicker than my local authorities are going to make for me. And sometimes you have to be that student. You have to take a look at what's happening so you can make the, the decision that's best for you and your family. Uh, to get the heck out of there. Unfortunately, that's probably not. I mean, this is part of the reason we're doing this is so everyday people can kind of get some practical solutions to these sort of problems. Most people aren't thinking that way, and they're depending on this information, and I guess that gets back to your your mess situation. I read something interesting recently about evacuations, and, I, and I'm sure you could 
and and it was meant for people like me and and for others who may be <clears throat> listening or watching uh, to think about like these five P's almost a what to take or what to think about in times of evacuation please add to these lists or comment as you go but the five P's and it was simple and that might be elementary for for again for people like me but uh, to think about people pets paper pills was one of them uh, photographs mm-hmm. um, which is a big one for my mother who would not budge um, as uh, Sandy was blazing past and she got lucky it's a whole other story and you might want to add computer or pewter just to fit the uh, the the P situation there any comments on any of those items that I mentioned for people to think about in times of evacuation or prepping for I was throwing in P for pizza if that list was going to keep going. Yeah, I mean, look, so if you are leaving your home, especially in time of disaster, and there's a chance that you're coming back to significant damage uh, or, or whatever, it doesn't really matter, just leaving and then having to come back, you know, your basics. So when you talk about papers, like copies of deeds, mortgages, copies of credit cards, just in case, birth certificates. So if that stuff sits in a safe uh, that you keep at home. Uh, some people will argue that they like to take the originals. You know, do what works for you. But any critical piece of information that you need a copy of, I would take. Uh, the pets. So everyone, it, it, it's fairly easy for us to say, okay, there's a chance I'm going to be out of the house for a couple of days. How much water? How much food do I need for the kids? For you know, mom and dad. But what about my pets' needs? Like how much water? How much food? How do I account for? for shoving that in the car as well. So if you're, if you're getting packed up and out, and whether it's something about having bags ready to go, bins ready to go, making sure that you can account for all of your family. So that P for pet is just as important to the people for, for most of us that have the pets. And then uh, you, know, you mentioned it when you talked about prescriptions or pills. Uh, so we'd like to think that we're leaving for the short term, but you don't get to predict what mother nature does behind you. So if you're going to be out for, for longer than, say, two or three days, like what are those contingencies? How am I making sure that I have what I need to survive in the short term when going back to the house might not be an option? So you know, I think at, on a basic level, I'm taking enough clothing to get me through a couple days. I'm taking some food and water. Obviously, you, know, you reach a point of diminishing returns where you just can't pack the family cruiser uh, any more full of stuff. Uh, but meeting those basic needs and then having a plan um, to meet the needs thereafter. You know, one big one that sometimes gets left out is cash. Uh, and I'm guilty of this. I will raise my hand and say I'm as guilty as they come with this. I, I'm reliant upon the fact that I can whip out an ATM card and pull out money or pay with uh, a debit card. Whereas if you're looking at something that might be regionally catastrophic and networks go down, how are you paying for goods if you can't access uh, if you can't act, access that network that your your bank card or your visa rely upon. So, I mean, there's more. And, and it, I think you ultimately know what your family's needs are. You know what makes you comfortable and what makes you uncomfortable. So addressing to those needs is, uh, is what's important. And Joe said it, talking about the bins packed and ready will give you hours of head start. And I think that's a great point. That's how we get ahead of it. Another prep question. I'll let you go enjoy uh, your son and your vacation there in Delaware. Let's talk about the importance of alternative routes out. Uh, we've, we think about our family, you may have schools, assisted living, childcare, 
can you speak to uh, learning another way out? Yeah, I, so I think that's absolutely critical, and it's a great point. And again, for a circumstance like a hurricane coming, uh, you have some time, and I think time on the road ahead of everyone else is always going to be your biggest benefit, regardless of the disaster. Uh, but in something or in a circumstance where everyone's going to evacuate at the same time, right? So you're going to be on the road with everyone else that's evacuating. And this happened, uh, I want to say a couple years ago uh, in Houston, where folks waited, they got onto the road and they got stuck. And I think Houston had a few flood victims in vehicles where they were stuck evacuating. They couldn't get out. They're stuck in their car on the road. So for one, there's prescribed routes that your jurisdiction is going to give you. They're going to say, hey, if we need to get out, you're going this way to this route and going northbound or westbound or whatever. Uh, but knowing how to wiggle, knowing those other routes that you can take where uh, you face a gridlock situation or you can you can hear on the radio that you know the, that, that evacuation route's moving slowly. Okay, how do I wiggle around it? How do I get somewhere else where I can get to another set of roads or the open road. And maybe I'm not tracking exactly in the same direction as everyone else, but I'm not tracking into the threat, but I'm also getting away from the threat. And again, for a hurricane, I think that tends to be a little bit easier. Uh, but remember, for some of the impacts, if you're looking at a huge regional impact, you, not, you might not be just face, uh, facing your, your neighborhood, right? You might not be just facing your county. You might be evacuating with several states, several you know, numerous counties, dozens of, of large jurisdictions. But again, I'll go back. It's those, those one-off ones, that chemical plant fire or that wildfire in the middle of the night that scare the hell out of me because you're, you know, you're basically no notice and you don't know what routes are available and aren't available to you. And we've all seen the videos of people basically going balls out down a street where it's on fire left and right, and the embers are blowing across the road, just hoping that they get to go and be able to get out of there. So, uh, but again, like everything else, pre-planning, knowing, uh, knowing where you are, where you can get, knowing what you need, all of that stuff in advance is what gets you to A and B where you're not sweating it out or panicking out in the time of disaster. Well, thank you for that uh, very much. And and I over time, I want to talk to you about a first responder and how you have to think. You're helping us prepare our day-to-day -day life, but when an emergency hits, your situation's actually completely different, and you're dealing with all yeah. of this stuff and how we plan or don't plan, and you're still hanging out. So we'll talk about that over time. I want to invite anybody who's into preparedness, emergency response, and planning all these things uh, check out this new Discord uh, that we've set up. There's a lot of information going on uh, there if you're into that sort of thing. But my thanks to Don for stopping by on his day off. Enjoy your family time. If you guys have any comments on this uh, segment of Hour 73, please leave them below. Any questions you want to ask, and we'll bring them back to Don again next time. 73, my brother, get some good shells. You know when the... They, they bring them up on the shore there. Uh, city kids, uh, we find out these things. Oh, the sea gives these to us, huh? Have fun out there. Yeah, I brought my little pal and shovel. That's 73, a, my friend. That's great. See you that's later. great. Take care. 73. My thanks to Don. All right, everybody. Uh, it's Christian K0STH and uh, got to bring back uh, my brother. These guys are just hanging out on the beach today. Uh, look at this. Here he is. He's not quite on the beach. Yep. 
There he is. Thanks for hanging out. He's probably like, geez, I got up this early and these dummies keep me on hold. I hope the view is good. I hope the view. What's happening? Well, here, let me give you let me give you a little bit of the view. So All right. um, Oh, jeez. It's uh, it's gonna be a cloudy day today. So unfortunately it's there's that uh, Hurricane Felicia, I think, is coming up from Mexico. But uh, but other than that, uh, it's uh, that's you know we might get a little bit of rain today. But hey, it's okay. It's warm rain. So uh, beautiful, man. But, it uh, is beautiful. You are that's right. What it is? I'm gonna need all that information. My wife is yeah. is talking about it. I want to go here. Want to do that? She wants I'll, to be I will, uh, in the beach. Oh, yeah. No, this is, well, here, let me do one other thing. And uh, this is how close we are to the beach. So this is basically, uh, you just walk right on out, and then the sand's right there. Oh, geez. So, yeah, this is why we we come to Lahaina. And if you... uh, If you want to come to Lahaina... Sorry for the... Just looking at my T-shirt here. That's okay. (laughs) So... Yeah, if you uh, if you want more information, just uh, get a hold of me, and I'll turn you on to this place and uh, give you all the details. For sure. So, hey, I want to give you uh, ample time to comment before we get into questions and things. We talked about mm-hmm. some some heavy stuff. We talked about some good good information uh, on the news. We've talked about some cool things, the CW stuff. If you want to comment on that, we had the Yoda. Oh, that's awesome. And then yeah, we also the had. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you comment on anything you heard oh, while you were waiting. Oh, no, the CW, that's great. And and Karen was so right. A lot of uh, seasoned CW operators, they will slow down for you, and they will um, get to your speed and work with you. They're just uh, – so just go ahead and, you know, go out there, bang it out, and uh, just uh, work at it. And, uh, you know, you might run into a few that, you know, they don't want to spend the time with you, but, hey, that's okay. There's there's a lot of other people that are out there that would be more than willing to to uh, help you out on uh, and slowing down and help you get your speed up because uh, CW is even though it's not a requirement and uh, like Paul and I when we when we got our tickets we've had to go down and demonstrate and in front of an FCC examiner uh, our CW competency uh, with the Yoda uh, that was great I'm glad they finally got it off I know last year they tried to do it and. Uh, that was fantastic. Kids teaching other kids—that's just great because they uh, they learn that way. And the and us adults, we just need to stand back, give them a little bit of guidance, and let them do their thing and uh, and find their way. How so, inspiring uh, is this shot here, Steve? I I just love it. Whoever took this, uh, the the credit is a little unknown. They had a few photographers there, and I know at least uh-huh. two of them. How, how cool oh, is that, this shot right here? The intensity, oh, this is the great. attention, yeah, the intense. Uh-huh. That, I, I, like you, I really like that, uh, that particular shot. It just shows the, uh, you know, what our hobby is about and, and these young guys in there and uh, just uh, going at it and uh, concentrating. And uh, <laughs> it's almost game-like, but uh, yeah. it is cool. It is so cool. And I like the other shots, too, where they were For kit sure. building and then the antenna out there as a group of, uh, of young folks. So it was, it, yeah, this one's, this one's great. And, uh, so it's fantastic. We also talked with Don about an important topic mm-hmm. and, uh, we've added this, this feature in, you know, the hour 73, we're told to prepare for the first 72 and we're looking to mm-hmm. get beyond 
the first 72 evacuations i know you're familiar with with your your firefighter work the heat has been crazy as a mother where Mm -hmm. you are from and where you live Mm -hmm. um yeah and they've also had had heat emergency talk a little bit about your understanding of evacuations well for us you know in in my region uh we have three levels we have level one two and three where uh typically if you have notice that you're going to get a um Level one is saying, hey, you need to start thinking about it uh, and uh, start getting ready, you know, get your mind uh, ready to go to to be evacuated. Level two brings it up to another step. Get ready. You're going to be leaving here shortly. Level three is like you're getting out now. And um, so the last couple of uh, sizable fires we've had, that I've been involved with, um, we went straight to level three, and uh, it just becomes a, yeah. a a mess. And in the rural area where I'm at, uh, we have limited roadways. And then the other problem that comes in is we have friends of people that are getting evacuated start coming in with horse trailers because a lot of these folks have uh, horses, and they're trying to. Uh, evacuate the horses along with with other uh, large animals so that just compounds the uh, the roadway and uh, for us as we're trying to hopscotch and trying to you know get ahead and uh, and you know and we have to look out for ourselves too Um, one fire we got chased out it uh, it just the nature of the beast the wind shifted and uh, hit some old uh, growth sagebrush and the intensity just uh, oh, just in tenfold and uh, it was uh, basically cut and run and uh, get out redeploy and and uh, you know re-engage in the in the fight so uh, yeah evacuations are um, are pretty tough and uh, basically yeah you can be ordered to go but you you don't have to go they can't we can't force you to go it's uh it's up to you and you know some people stay back and we have the problem if you really want to see uh you know don brought up about evacuation routes and one of the things that was uh, brought up in you know the paradise fire was you know they're up in the mountains so they had very limited uh evacuation routes the other problem that uh they it was uh, identified years earlier was that the uh, the roadways needed to be widened, needed more capacity, and the uh, basically the county didn't have the resources to uh, expand the roadways, and and then when Paradise hit, and as fast as it came on, and a lot of people just kind of really didn't heed the early warnings, mm-hmm. then it was right at the last minute, and then they were just trying to get out, and uh, you you see the stories, so it, it's. It's a tough one, so you know everyone has to make their decision on, uh, on you know whether when to evacuate and uh, and go from there. And as amateur radio operators, we know that communications play a large part mm-hmm. of your uh, preparedness. So that's why our seventy three is here with uh, one hundred watts and a wire. Uh, going back to look at some of the homebrew options, just to see what's kind of trending <laughs> along our friends here in our community, what they're going to uh, consider. Kevin Trotman. 
He says, come help me hang my G5 RV. It's fallen. There's beer and (laughs) And jalapeno (laughs) poppers. Hey, I'm on my way. Jalapeno poppers and beer. That sounds like a digestive tract issue there. Uh, Let's see. Doug's got a two-meter transverter he's doing. Let's see. Um, Walter, ground wave, two-meter, 70 centimeters. Uh, David's brewing the coffee. Frosty one. (laughs) There you go, a frosty one, and an NFED antenna, six meters, some sort there. Uh, let's see, Ian, our net control operator, his uh, K2. We'll get the basement cleaned out and rebuilt. He'll get his workbench sorted out. He's going to do a 160-meter antenna that he's working on. If it's got legs like mine, just know it comes at a cost, a frustrating cost sometimes. Nice, uh, John, on the the. Uh on the uh, three element triangular uh, vertical phased array. That's gonna, that's gonna be awesome. And Tom, double IPA, you're the man. <laughs> so, Willis, good dear. Uh, got an inverted L, performs quite mm-hmm. well. Uh, missing a big loop, plenty of wire. Uh, good, he's got, eight, he's got eight acres there to work with, so uh, that's excellent. Perfect. Another Moxon has come up. I, I can't say I'm too familiar with that uh, antenna, but I will check out uh, Michael's antennas there. KB9VBR apparently has something. What's a deer chaser? Is that a joke? I, maybe I, do, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a low, a low wire or something like that. I have deer run through my ropes, but I could be completely off. Could just be a joke. What's Matt up here? A multi-element collinear? Collinear okay, for uh, array for six meters. Interesting. So that's an interesting one. So There you go. Brandon. Uh, homemade M103 clone into a VQ3 clone. I have no idea what that is. These guys are talking like a, a different language. I get to check this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, radials uh, to a vertical. Uncle Paul the says. double bazooka. Yeah, yeah. Oh, got to get yeah. that up. It sounds like he needs needs us to come over there and, and help him put that up. I love the double bazooka. And you know who makes a really good one? That guy sitting there <laughs> overlooking the ocean. Well, boy, man, oh, boy. I uh, have a, I had a new twist that I've been thinking about on the double bazooka. Ooh, do tell. And, and, it, for, and this has been going. I've been thinking about it for the last month or two. And I was like. I was going to build it and then pop it on you. But uh, now that you brought up this subject, when I saw that mm-hmm. uh, a couple of days ago, what the subject was going to be. Oh, geez. How about a fan double bazooka? Oh, a fan. You mean like a bow tie sort of? Uh... No, 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 no. You know, so we have, you know, I was thinking of a 40 meter double bazooka and then a, a, um, a 20 meter double bazooka and then maybe maybe get down to 10 meters what? or 12 meter I've, and uh have them spaced out with uh pvc spacers uh, spaced apart so instead of a fan dipole will be a fan double bazooka all the uh, it, it's it'd be kind oh, of an interesting man. setup but i was thinking 40 and 20 to start off with oh man that'd be and, so cool and then same Uh, Got a little glitch here hey on uh, Stevo, but he's in he's in paradise. You're okay. You froze up just a touch. <laughs> there you go. I think yeah, you're back now. Yeah, I see that. So you're okay. Yeah. So I was thinking a uh, you know just oh I don't know. 
I was just thinking of, you know, a fan double bazooka. We'll, we'll have to build one and then uh, show it here on the show, and then I'll send it to you. You can try it out. That'd be awesome. Oh, I'd love that. See that? The generosity of the man. Uh, let's see. Paul, he's been uh, hankering to get a new antenna. He lives in a... Uh, in a condo, so it's difficult. We talked to him earlier today, talked about things with his situation. Mm-hmm. There's a Tactena. Tactena, someone's uh, thinking. It sounds like something on the market, but if he's modeling his own homebrew, there you go. I've got that book right there, More Wire Antenna Classics. I, I thumbed through that. That's from the ARRL. I'll go through that from time to time. Butch, hopefully a 40-meter 3L element wire yagi that sounds lovely 20 meter vertical dipole interesting homebrew hex beam nice that's a project for you that's a project there it is but you know what steve they're not as hard i mean okay there 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 is some complication with them but right there what he's showing us is probably the hardest part this connectivity between Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you know, your cabling, but the antenna structure itself, I mean, you're talking about some fiberglass, you know, the wires. Once you get it in your head, once you have to repair it, uh, like I've had to do mine on a couple of occasions, you kind of can see, I get mm-hmm. it now, I see. Now that section where things start to cable gets a little tricky for me to understand, but if I have to pull it back down, I think that's one of those antennas that you can kind of get your head around that one if you're sort of like me less than 10 years in the game mm-hmm. you can kind of see oh, oh it starts to make sense it starts yeah. to make sense and uh, hex beam that's ambitious but i i'd love to see it i think that would be uh, really cool so good look, for you oh, gerald for homebrewing it that's awesome look at this that's... he's actually got some pictures of it up, up yeah. here and look at uh, that. let's see if i can get it bigger here okay there's a uh, there it uh, is what's in those look ice chests <laughs> yeah what you doing look you get staying cool Staying cool on the conquest. It looks like it's a portable setup. Yes. All antennas yeah. to me are, are uh, temporary. Look at that. They got the smoker, the ice chest. He's set. Yeah, he is. Way to go, Gerald. Look at that. Good on you, man. There it is. There's that centerpiece. And, and once you kind of figure mm-hmm. out how all those wires come together and connect at that point, man, I think you're good. I think you're in good shape. All right. Well, thank you guys Perfect. for sharing. If you're interested in reading more about that, it is at the 100 Watts in a Wire Facebook group. And uh, not to keep Steve too long here, I mean, he's very generous with his time on his vacation in paradise. Most importantly, I don't want your wife to be pushing those pins in the little Christian <laughs> p- cabbage patch bald beanie baby dolls. And, uh, get you, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn, Steve, do what she says. Stop it, man. Uh, let's see here. We've got some questions. You want to try a couple A couple interesting yeah, let's, uh, let's things? Let's go for it. Let's take a look at our questions. Uh, first one for today for Steve. Uh, best beginning solder tip when making antennas. Uh, and I think it's probably not the tip, the actual tip of the soldering iron, uh, but your tip uh, for soldering in general. Um, you want to have something sizable oh did i lose it again no yeah yeah just start over you're okay yeah you just want to use if you're soldering some like 14 gauge wire you want to use at least a 75 watt or greater uh uh, soldering iron if you have access a soldering gun one of those uh solder guns is great because they're about 100 140 watt um Uh uh-oh 
temperature up fairly quick and then uh, and a fair amount um, or uh, you, you can find some of these little uh, butane uh, soldering torches you know torches that will will help also so uh, the little pencil thin small 35 watt uh, irons are, are not going to work you need a lot you need a fair amount of heat and that wire is going to dissipate that heat so that's why you need you know hopefully 75 watts or greater will uh, you'll make a quick uh, connection there and then uh, and then I usually just put some heat shrink over it just to kind of cover up the uh, the solder connection but also remember if you're using stranded wire try to keep that as small as practical because that piece becomes now solid so it uh, it will have a tendency if it's going to break anywhere in your in your wire antenna will be at that uh, that solder connection. So uh, just kind of think it through, and uh, you'll be just fine. Good talking. It's, and uh, try to do the Western Union splice if you can. So you can look that up. Just look up Western mm-hmm. Union splice, and that will give you some uh, uh, additional support, and and then you can just solder. As you, when you see the splice, you'll just make two solder points, and then you're good to go, and still have some flexibility. Okay. Now I don't know. We get uh, questions from time to time. They run the gamut. This really is the uh, intersection of life and amateur radio. You get all kinds of questions. I thought this was interesting. I don't know uh, what sort of value it it will bring. It's almost a yes mm-hmm. or no. But maybe people in the group may find some interest in it and they can comment uh, below. Check this out. Were you ever interested in metal detectors? Now, I can tell Me, you. personally, no. no. Yeah, I, I, I never mean, had I, one. I've never done it, but I mean, there's kind of the, the concept is cool and, uh, and to find things. But uh, yeah, no, I haven't, uh, haven't delved into that uh, realm yet. There's. And it's I'm funny, we say yet, <laughs> we say yet, you know, and I guess it's still going on. And the first thing I thought uh-huh. was, wow, I remember being a kid in the, in the 70s, and these men were walking all mm-hmm. over the place. You'd see them at the beach, you'd see them at wherever they were going, and they're looking for things that people drop, you know. It wasn't like they were looking for the gold, you know, whatever. I guess you could find that with a metal detector, but... I would see it a lot when I would go to the beach, like where you are, in the evening time. Mm-hmm. Exactly, my mind went to this, and I was like, does this still even exist? I don't even know. But these guys, they'd have their headsets on, and they'd be walking around hoping to find whatever you dropped, your ring, mm-hmm. your money, whatever kinds of coins. But uh, I think my interest was, what is that? But I never did own one of those things. They seem to be like a pricey investment, certainly for a kid back yeah. then. Is that growing a up thing? in Southern California as a kid? I, I remember seeing a lot of guys, like you said, going up and down the beach and uh, metal detecting. And they and those were just the uh, you mm-hmm. know the early metal detectors. And now they they're um, they're just uh, leaps and bounds in technology and. Uh, so it's kind of cool. I I could see on the East Coast over there in the um, some of the Civil War battlefields that uh, people are going out there and trying to find artifacts, uh, whether it's you know a, a bullet or sort or any piece of metal that um, from the uh, 
from a you know a civil war uh, battlefield and maybe even going back to our you know country's beginning in the revolutionary war so i i, I would imagine there's a huge metal detecting uh group just like we have here in the in the amateur radio uh, hobby yeah, and there's that. probably a lot of cross-pollination between us and the metal detectors yeah that's interesting that you say that like now i am kind of interested in it when you think about the revolutionary here we are in july and you're thinking about the uh the revolutionary war and all that went with that that is uh, actually very cool and i bet you the technology will mm -hmm. allow you to go deeper mm -hmm. than just the surface of the sand or wherever you may be so it is interesting to receive these questions and i'm kind of like oh that's kind of weird question but we are more than amateur radio operators and we have these different interests and you see a lot of guys into the drones people uh, homebrew their beer they do all these other things but we're still you know amateur radio operators so interesting question i figured i would put that out there to steve to see what he had to say and you've actually made it more sexy to me now that you've mentioned uh <laughs> what you what you might find than what i was uh, remembering mm -hmm. the, those uses for all right, here's a question, and this is a philosophical question, and I and I did think about it uh, with a man on vacation and this far away from everything to ask this sort of question, but it's a heavier one and maybe a topic we bring up on the show. But uh, here it is. Has ham radio been compromised? And you almost have to have this person here uh, to have that, to dig a little bit deeper there. Yeah. Uh, to what I mean, aspect it's... are you talking about specifically? But um, if I, and I'm just going to take a stab at it and they're going to there. There's a lot of people that have um, a dis, disdain for people that have come from the CB world. And I could see where they would say that the hobby has been compromised by operators from 11 meters. And I think that's ignorant. I think that's uh, just, you know, shallow thinking. And um, just because the person started in on 11 meters, who cares? It doesn't matter. It, um, I, I think it's bigotry in, in, in a form of bigotry, not radio bigotry. Let's put it that way. And uh, I don't think the hobby has been compromised, maybe in some respect, but let's look at society. You know, our hobby is a just kind of a, you know, an offshoot of society in general. So if the hobby has been compromised, I think it's just because society has been compromised. Are we like we were 50 years ago on the air? No. Are people a little more, you know, little trashier or vulgar or not as uh, courteous these days yeah but you know what that's uh, the way society is mm -hmm. but I still think uh, we have a lot of great operators a lot of great people in the hobby do we have a few bad apples yeah but that's you know anywhere and everywhere we have it so uh, but I'd like to see the context of what he's this person is saying what is compromised in the hobby um, if it goes back to that CW is not required in the test to them, that's, uh, compromising the hobby. But, uh, you know, I don't see it. We, the hobby evolves, everything evolves and, uh, we just 
uh, just go along with it. And I just, <laughs> this one's hard to wrap my head around. It, it. is. It, I, I think we should, it, we should have like a panel. Like it should be a panel discussion mm-hmm. type of thing in the cup. And maybe we can do something like that. You know what, Steve? My mind went right to like the FCC and laws. You know, you mentioned the code, and of course, that's that's something a little bit bigger than just your uh, your normal deal. And I think there is a great deal of people on voice, mind you, talking about how the code was a thing, and now they don't have it, and mm-hmm. they're still talking like we're talking on the uh, oh, phone yeah. side of the band, which is just ridiculous. But we we talk about that all the time, and it's just a nutty. But you know, it's, the law, the, maybe the laws, maybe uh, have we been compromised? Have we been compromised by uh, Wi-Fi and cellular? Like it's, it's those kind of topics that I think we could probably get into yeah. and maybe bring a panel of natural, folks to no, you know, man-made noise. You know, our bands have gotten noisier because of all the uh, all the electronics that have been you know introduced over the years that has uh, has compromised our uh, our bands. Where it's uh, especially for folks in living in an urban area. It's not unheard of to have S9 noise on 40 meters, and it just makes it tougher for them to to operate. The other thing could be the lack of enforcement, uh, because the FCC doesn't have the manpower. We're compromised on that. I mean, there's there's so many what uh, you know angles we can say has the hobby been compromised, and uh, yeah, I, I I'd like to hear a little more context on. Uh, on the question and you know what what they're thinking but uh right. i i think specifics. we're good we're, we're specifics. fine yeah, yeah i think we're all right well that was interesting thanks for sending that question in and we'd have to have you with us and give us a little bit more context but steve and i took a stab at it in perhaps these angles that we've may have been compromised but i think your societal thing is great too that's a, a interesting point everything changes uh, you and I don't wake up and wear suits and cool fedoras to work on a, or even just no. on a Sunday morning to go get the paper. You know, those things have changed, and I kind of wish I would. But I don't want to get dressed up on a Sunday. But men used to dress, and they'd be proper, and they'd be on their way on a Saturday afternoon. This to, is not leave it to beaver anymore. <laughs> no, every everything's changed. But interesting question. Thanks for sending that. And if you have questions, you want to put them uh, in the chat, you can do that. You can uh, send them through the Discord, which is brand new to us. Uh, we're we're just behind uh, the, the time, I guess, a little slightly in that regard. But I tell you, it was because of uh, Zuckerberg. I don't know where I am on this guy anymore. And I'm like, what's going to happen? I think we're going to have to slowly migrate away from... Uh, Facebook has been so, so good as a community for us. But I, I think, you know... Maybe we need to diversify a little bit, just in case Zucky loses his mind, which is, which is possible. But uh, okay, I think we have it. But if you have questions, you can send them um, to me or to Steve, and we'll get them in the queue. No problem, brother. Thank you so much for getting up. I know oh, if you're you still on your West Coast time, that's probably what you were doing anyway. But you mm-hmm. had the option to sleep, so I appreciate you coming by. Uh, are you going to take any surfing lessons or anything that you wouldn't normally do out there? No. Nah, I, I like to go snorkeling and uh, just uh, enjoy swimming around in the water and uh, floating. And uh, there's a uh, there's a group of goatfish that kind of hang out uh, uh, not too far from here. And uh, usually I'll just kind of go float around with them and uh, watch oh. them do their things. And they, they kind of surround you. And uh, that's kind of cool. And then uh, we have the, the 
the occasional uh, sea turtle that uh, floats around and kind of comes around so it's kind of fun to swim a little bit with them and keeping a a respectful distance because uh, they are a uh, are protected species and uh, and then we have the uh, on this trip we've had a couple of monk seals that have been uh, kind of uh, coming up on shore and uh, taking a nap so uh, I saw the picture and, there yeah it's cool yep so yeah, that was the second one I came across uh, yesterday. So uh, tell me how it compares. Uh, you like a good piece of fish, I know that for sure. You'll go to the market uh, from where you uh -huh. are, and you'll go find a good piece of fish. Um, how does it compare to home? Your fish there, like what? What would you do today, for instance, that maybe you might not do at home, food wise? Uh, I yeah, I've been eating the the ono. That's uh, something that I get here. We don't have it at. Uh, back you know back home so we'll get a lot of uh, salmon and uh, pretty much the local fish uh, and then some cod in uh, in eBird but uh, here we got the uh, ahi and we got the ono and calamari there's, there's just a, a, a bigger variety of, uh, of fish here to, to try out and uh, yeah I've been eating a lot of fish tacos last, last question any celebrity spottings you know that's a great place to have real estate when you've got the money to do it uh, anybody from uh, Dwayne no, Johnson uh, uh, Neil Young any of these people walking around well we have we have Mick uh, Mick Fleetwood's uh, restaurant which is uh, down the road from here called uh, Fleetwood's and oh, cool. so uh, his restaurant is uh, quite busy uh, and normally they have live you know he will play live music but because Neat. of the uh, uh, COVID restrictions are not doing any uh, uh, live music. Uh, basically, if you're indoors, you have to wear a mask. Uh, so every time I leave the room here and to go downstairs, uh, going through the building, we've got to mask up. But outside, we don't have to wear a mask. So the uh, masking requirements here in, um, in Hawaii is a little more stringent than it is uh, elsewhere on the mainland. Mm -hmm. But uh, And the restaurants are... Uh, you know they're they're up to about seventy five percent capacity. They still got to maintain some Good. spacing and things like that. So it's uh, you got to have a lot of patience. There's a sure. lot of people here, and uh, just just come with the uh, with the aloha spirit. If you're coming to the islands, and just just check your attitudes at the at back mm -hmm. in the mainland, and just go with the flow. You're on island time. Come on, everybody, get on island time. So I dig that. Yeah, anyone. we don't. Uh, New York was similar, uh, you know, how we how you had to deal with the, the restrictions and, and mask wearing. Um, totally get it because I'm in Missouri, mm -hmm. not to start on a rant, but Missouri's in trouble. I posted a uh, link on the discord in this sort of emergency news. And uh, yeah, we're just we're falling behind. We're going the wrong way here in this particular mm -hmm. state. A interesting article I posted. We'll save that rant for another day. But uh, I'll say 73, my friend. Uh, eat the Ono. Eat a lot of the Ono. And according uh -huh. to uh, you, you had a lot of pie last night. So, Yeah, the hula pie. Oh, my God. What's yeah, in that? I, uh, uh, it's a lot of ice cream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, thing was, this thing was about... <laughs> let me get my hands up. It was tall. It was this taller than the frame huge. he's in, you guys. <laughs> it was huge. I love Between it. the wife and I, and we, we didn't even finish it, but it was just, you know... As you see in, in uh, on Discord, I I passed out on the beach. 
Yeah. <laughs> Go over there. I'll put that in the uh, the chat here again. If you're watching, if you're into emergency communications or just an alternative uh, place to be, something new, uh, a little bit smaller and intimate group there, you're welcome. Everybody, of mm-hmm. course, is welcome in our community. 73 to you, Steve. Have a blast. Best to your wife there. Safe travels. And we'll catch over. Uh, we're following your vacation over on our Discord. Uh, so 73 to you, sir. 73, everyone. All right. And you guys take care of yourselves. Uh, stay safe out there. Uh, if something doesn't taste quite right, put a little Old Bay on it. <laughs> and by all means. Or, or some hot sauce. <laughs> something, yeah. Just get that. Uh, but Old Bay would do you, do, do you good. And uh, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. 73, everybody. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.